you are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets live at, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're getting started a few minutes late. If you're if you're still out there watching us live, we apologize for uh, the technical difficulties. That we're pioneering new ground here, guys. So you know we're forging some new territory here in this uh, sports live streaming podcast on kind of a budget. So you know thanks for <laughs> thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. Join. By the man in the middle, the one, the only, the legendary David Walker. We are all the way live tonight, Doug. Now all we, the way live. We are now, now. we are. Yes, now we are. You guys don't even Great. know the amazing show that you just missed for about five minutes. We'll try and recreate it. Yeah. No. Well, you know, we're going to do our best. Uh, Justin said. <laughs> Justin said before we went on. He said, "I'm just going to. I'm just going to do that again. I'm going to roll that back. We're going to take it from one." Um, and speaking of Justin, he's holding down the left block for us as always. He covers the Hornets for ESPN Charlotte. Justin Thomas, what's going on, my man? Do you remember actually, what you said when you opened actually, the show? Oh, I'm changing it. Actually, I'm changing <laughs> it because I came on here and I forgot to tell you guys. Okay. The Don't Cowboys. say the Cowboys. God bless it. Birth, baby. We should have. Hey, uh, all is why, well in America. Why did all we have these well. technical difficulties? And James Harden scored 37 last night, so things are well. Florida State is going to a New Year's Six Bowl, <laughs> so things are good in my world. I'm all smiles. And outside, the, I'm not even going to respond to that. Outside the class, our uh, new producer, Captain Kurt, dropping those sweet droppity drops. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. That's Woo! It. Where's my cigar? I need the. That's that's a good. You know, he smokes a cigar on Independence Day. You know, I've never smoked. What's his a cigar. name? Harry only, Connick Jr. Only after they're done, though, right? Right. So actually, Fat technically, so far, okay. Well, he, he spoiler alert. He didn't make it. He didn't make it though. That's right. There's only Will Smith smoking that cigar. That's right. What movie is Sorry, this sorry, guys. Wow. Independence Day. I don't remember that. Re- I was like oh, six. Geez. It was a long time ago. I've seen it. I was like six. Have you seen the new Hemsworth version? I have not. Okay, don't. me neither. <laughs> don't. I mean, I wasn't going to watch it, but. No, that is a that is beyond a difficult watch. Don't do it. It, it didn't ruin the original movie because I'm just going to forget that that sequel ever existed. I do remember Will Smith fighting the uh, alien, though. Well, my favorite part I guess that's, that's good enough. All right, it we've is. got a great show ahead. Lee Ellis from The Starters joins uh, David for a chat on, uh, what did you guys talk about? You talked about, talked about Dwayne Wade. We talked about Wade. We Being talked about dad? some Warriors. We got into some dad TV shows. Oh, yeah, if you're a dad out there, you really want to check oh, this out. Attention. Proud dads out there. Stay tuned for some picks. And also, Adam Mattis sat down with me. He's the host of Locked On Nuggets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But he's also a writer for Vice Sports. He wrote a great article on the Hornets and Kimba Walker. We didn't discuss that. If you subscribe to our daily shows, you can hear that discussion. But we did talk about James Harden. I basically gave a gift to yeah. Justin because I know how much he loves just uh, James Harden now. And we're also discussing our all-star rankings. It is not too early to talk about the all-star game. So we'll get into that as well. Okay. With that, we get this thing started. All right. The step back three, three things we saw this week in Hornets action uh, that made us say, uh, nah, 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 David, what you got? 
I'm going positive this week, Doug. I've been negative the last few weeks, guys, and I'm giving Spencer Halls a break. That's just kidding. No more. I didn't give him a break. Dang it. All right, so we're going Kimball Walker from last night in Dallas. Cody Zeller comes up with the big-time block. Nick Batum with the luscious bounce pass. And then Kimball Walker finishes off this fast break in Kimball Walker style, beating his man to the baseline and hitting a tough layup that helped extend that lead. Doug, he's hitting about 62% of those layups this year, which has really helped him bump that average up. And in the last couple of games, he's been struggling a little bit from the outside. So these layups are continuing to fall. Another great one from Kemba there. Well, that one was, I don't want to, I don't want to discount what he did here. It's not an easy layup that he hit, but he didn't have a lot of contact here, but to say, Oh, well, Kemba Walker has an open lane and that's why he's been able to hit these free throws. I think that discounts the fact that Kemba has really learned how to finish oh, yeah. with contact and use the guy that's coming yep. up against him, yep. you know, as almost to bounce off him. He did that a couple of times last night. Powell would come up, he'd jump into him, either get contact or keep finishing. So he's doing a great job of that. He mentioned that with his conversation um, with Mark Stein of ESPN. So his ability to finish, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. So that's it, been a big a big bonus for him. It had to be a focus in the offseason, and you can certainly see the fruits of his labor. Okay, Justin, stepping back, what you got? You know, I'd like to say me and Clifford always agree. <laughs> uh, but this time where Clifford is a little more modest, I'm going to have some positivity. And I would like to shed some light on some of the reserve players. The past mm-hmm. three games, listen to these numbers for the bench scoring. 47 points, 41 points, yeah, and 46 points. Mm-hmm. They went 2-1 and one over that three-game stretch. And you know, last week, I asked Clifford about it, and as expected— he downplayed it. Um, we do have the audio for that for those who are curious. But, you know, I'd like to say, hey, you know, Marco's been playing a little better. Lamb's been playing better. Um, Hibbert's getting healthy. So things are starting to flow for these guys. And I know they haven't been consistently good, but this is a small sample size, but I think they're starting to trend in the right direction. All right, and Clifford addressed that. You know, actually, we've been, in you know, my opinion, very sporadic with our play off the bench. Some nights real good, some nights are actually really bad. And it all depends on when they've had to play against more starting-level players, they've really struggled. And we've got to do better with that. So that's why we're still searching, frankly, for the playing groups. And until Marvin gets back, we won't get to that. And, you know, as expected. But the Hornets are six in bench scoring. And I think that's a two-thumbs-up. Yeah, I mean, the bench has given them about 40 points a game, um, you know, which is good enough. Actually, I got it for the fifth here, Justin. So I, I did a quick mm-hmm. update of your right. of your stats coming off of last night. The updated the update. So updated the update there. And that's something that we were worried about in the preseason, right? Who knew how Kaminsky, Lamb, uh, Hibbert, um, Bellinelli coming off a horrible year. You know, we weren't sure how they were going to rebound. I always refer back to David Locke, our fearless leader at the Lockdown Podcast Network. He was not concerned. He was not as concerned as we were going into that season preview. And the scoring has not been a problem for this bench. That's kind of the theme for this team, right? Scoring hasn't been the issue. Uh, they haven't need to find find points. It's been stopping uh, guys on the defensive end where they're struggling a little bit. So maybe, what do you think? I mean, Clifford is always harping on defense, right? He's always harping on defense and also consistency. I think that's been yeah. the real problem with the bench is that when they're on, they've been incredibly on. And when they're off, they've been incredibly off, especially on the defensive end. And especially in that beginning of the fourth quarter, what you, you kind of heard in that, but a little bit before that, bite that we just played. Steve Clifford talked about how matchups play a key role in this as well. And so, you know, if we've seen this in a couple games, so the loss to Dallas and the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 
both coaches, uh, both opposing coaches got their starters out early against the second unit and against sort of the, the waning minutes of the second unit and were able to produce some things in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, if you're Clifford, you want to get guys into a rotation. You want to get them into a groove. It's really early in the season, but then another team attacks you like that, and it's going to really kill your numbers. But, he, you know, he's a very demanding coach. So, uh, yeah, some differing opinions there on on uh, what uh, what really constitutes great bench play. It's a, it's a fun debate. Okay, I'm going to step back to one Michael Kidd Gilchrist and his ability this week to finish – in transition, but also just early in the shot clock. It's been important for the Hornets offense, especially some of the teams they played have been really tough defensive teams. And so you really want to get in early in the shot clock and, and increase the pace, especially against the Mavericks here. And, and just how aggressive he's been. It's something that the Hornets definitely missed last season when they did not have Michael Kidd Gilchrist. It's a part of his offensive game that we always try to remember when we talk about his struggles with his jump shot. And he was just really successful with it. This week, 22.6% of his points come off the fast break. That leads the team, and he has 1.23 points per possession. That's outstanding uh, per game in transition, but only getting 1.3 field goal attempts per game. So I'm going to say, like, this. it's been outstanding for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, but I want a little more. I think they should work a little harder to get Michael Kidd-Gilchrist opportunities early in the shot clock. I'm, I'm not saying he has to be you know, Russell Westbrook and get, I think he has like four field goal attempts per game in transition. That's, that's absurd. That's, you know, really looking for those opportunities, but uh, hopefully they can find some more because he is, he's just a, an amazing finisher uh, with contact. He can get fouled and he just finds his, finds ways to weave his body in there and, and convert. So that's what I'm saying. It hurts to reward to. him either. You know, the defensive guys really go out there and get after it, you know, reward him on the offensive end. Absolutely. You know, yeah. set him up every now and then. Okay, each week we're asking you, the listener, the watcher, our question of the show. Send us your response on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, and it will pop up on the screen next to us. Or if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, just leave it in the comments. And David and Justin, they're, they're paying attention to the comments right now. They're going to read them later in the show. This week's question is a double question. Double. Who or what? We make our own sound effects here. We make our own draw. I want that, I want that as a drop. Uh, who or what has most surprised you this season and what has least surprised you? So that's our question of the show. Tweet us at Locked on Hornets or hit us up in the chat. Earlier this week, David talked to an old friend of the show. It's okay. We can call him old friend, right? After oh, you've yeah. been on, I think, three times is, is yeah, really yeah, yeah. the old friend territory. For sure. So old friend of the show from the starters on NBA TV, the one, the only Lee Ellis. We, sh- uh, we shared his thoughts on the Hornets last week on the show, uh, on the daily show. So if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes, you're missing out. You got to, you got to check that interview out, but you had a chance to chat about some other things. What'd you guys talk about? Yeah, we talked about some overarching, you know, NBA themes as well. We, we hit on the bulls, their surprising start. We talked about the warriors some, and then like you said, Doug, the very end there, we did get into some of the better shows on Nick jr. And Disney jr. So stay tuned for that. Oh. Yeah. And you guys started off with some talk about one of the best teams in the NBA, the golden state warriors. The scary thing for the rest of the league though, right now, apart from maybe the Cavs is that yeah, the Warriors just look incredible on offense. And, uh, you know, their defense is starting to come around. Kevin Durant is playing a fantastic defense, probably the best defense he's ever played, even though he's, you know, that's, that's not a knock on his defense in the past. He's been a good defender, but he, he's now even understanding how, how much better he can be using his length and his athleticism uh, on the defensive end. And, 
yeah, I mean, when they go forward, it's like, I mean, uh, you you have pressure put on your offense as an opponent by the Warriors' offense because you know if you don't score, the chances of the Warriors not scoring for three or four possessions in a row is, is, is almost zilch. They bring in so much talent, and sometimes you will think it, ta- it will take a while. And I think of a team in the East like Chicago who – brought in a lot of big-name talent. I thought it was going to be a disaster, <laughs> and somehow they've surprised everybody, I think. They're shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers. Do you think that success is sustainable? I mean, can all those guys coexist for a whole season? I don't think so, but Dwayne Wade has been unbelievable this season. And, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll say about Dwayne Wade is, uh, you know, when he plays, he, he has been one of the most consistent performances performers uh, we've ever seen. I mean, he, he's incredible. And he does sit out a couple of games, which is fair. I mean, he's earned that right yeah. after, you know, this is his what, 14th season. He's won three championships. He's been to the finals five times. He's, you know, he's done so much. And he's a legend. You know, he's gone to the Hall of Fame. He's, he's got all the accolades. And now he, uh, now he's in Chicago. And he's almost showing a lot of people, myself included, that like he's still got something left in the tank. Um, Leah, I will get you out of here on this one. But I wanted to get a little advice from you because eventually the Hornets will go on a West Coast trip. I got two sons under three. I can barely stay up for a seven o'clock tip. Um, I know you guys watch all these games. What's your strategy for the late tips? Is it all about DVR? Is it about the league pass? Uh, you know, condensed game. What's your go-to? Well, it, it really depends. Uh, I mean, let, let's say for example, it's Warriors versus uh, Cavs. Let's just say, uh, and it's a ten thirty tip off. But something like that, I'll, I'll definitely watch the first half. Mm-hmm. And then, and then see where I am at that point. If I'm sort of already struggling, then I'll, I'll probably uh, watch the second half in the morning. If it's, say, someone like the Warriors versus the Wolves, I might only just watch that first quarter and then decide to catch up the rest of it in the morning. Um, sometimes, though, like a Thursday night, I don't mind staying up for the whole game. If yep. it's, you know, if it's Warriors Spurs, then, then that's fine. I can do that. But uh, generally, I try. You said you've got two boys under three. I, mine, I've got one who's four and a bit, and the other one's only like three months old. There we go. I, I uh, <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes you just have to get Paw Patrol on the TV for the four-year-old and uh, <laughs> put a Paw Patrol marathon on and, and see if you can get as much of the game in as you can. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you have to just go to the condensed version. That's right. That's right. That's, I love the Warriors or, or, or the Clippers on, like, a Friday, Saturday night, something like that. That's always yeah. good. But I'm with you. It's either I've got the iPad or iPhone or my son does, and it's either NBA League Pass or Paw Patrol, Bubble Guppies, you know, take your pick, Dora, Whatever anything is, in there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to, thanks to Lee Ellis there. I could go on and on. I, if you need – I got anything well, as so, far as shows. So have you have you got your three-year-olds watching Westworld yet? Or It's a great way to kick off a few conversations. You can go ahead and get the, the birds and the bees out of the way. You can get death conversation out <laughs> yep. of the way. It's like it, it could be four episodes of Parenthood all in one after watching an episode of Westworld. We're going to hold off on that for now. <laughs> We're gonna. We'll they come back to it. Young. They are a little young. Yeah, I think Justin's a little too young for Westworld too. Well, I've seen one episode. <laughs> I've seen uh, stuff, Doug. I know what things. <laughs> I are. know what things are. All right, time now for our question of the show, and we have a fancy new intro for this. Um, check it out. Always question with the cue. Questions help us learn things new. Question marks are very cool, especially when you're in school. Always question when you try. You'll find who, what, where, when, why. Question marks are very fun. Let's break them down now one by one. By one question of the show. Uh, that song, Always Question, by a band called Read This Ever. Did you put that together? 
did. That is great because the Lance <laughs> Stevenson one, that's by far the I wanted to make, one. I couldn't find a, a widescreen. I wanted to make it pop up, you know, similar to what Lance did. But I couldn't find a widescreen version. Yeah, that was good so. work, my man. Good hey, work. Thanks. I that is it. when he popped up, though, right? I see Fisher yeah. in the background there. <laughs> yeah. Man. All right, who are this is the question of the show. It's not it's not uh, when did Lance pop up? It's who or what has surprised you most this season and who or what has surprised you the least? Get on YouTube right now, go to the chat window and and fire your answer cuz we'll read those here in a few minutes, but I'm going to toss this to David. David what surprised you most? What surprised you least? Most surprising thing is that bench again. And I mean, the bench scoring, we gave it away a little bit, but Justin mentioned the stats, what they're doing scoring wise, where that ranks in the league. And we were concerned about that starting the season. So that's been the biggest surprise for me. And it's been a nice surprise. I don't, I don't know which one to answer first. Oh, do the. <laughs> I was over here thinking. I'll hold your hand. Don't worry. Most surprised. (laughs) What what has most surprised you this season? This isn't going to be too positive. I didn't want to be kind of the the jury when like the weather outside. But you can be you can be whatever you want to be. I would just like to say I've been surprised by their ability to stay afloat. They're fourth right Mm. now in the East. And, and Clifford talks about it all the time is, you know, sustainability. And they just struggle to play 48 minutes of basketball. Um, I think like two nights ago, he said we can be great for eight minutes and we could be terrible for three. And they've had injuries. Um, they have brutal stretches of 18 and 32. They're not extremely healthy and they're not even in playing groups. And yet they're still making ends meet. They've even blown some games where I thought they had a real good chance to win. But they're still they're still clawing. And I, I think that's very impressive. And at least, I mean, it's Kimba. I know Kimba grinds so hard, so I knew he was going to be good. So I wasn't really shocked by that, but you know, I would say Kimba and their ability to stay afloat. Yeah. Well, and that not only goes for the entire season. By the way, they're twelve and nine, fourth in the Eastern Conference, number one in the Southeast Division. So they're not only staying afloat. I st- I still think they are thriving as a team, even though their performances have been up and down. But I think that has to do with game to game too. We've seen them. Uh, have some tough losses, but they've also been in some really hairy situations. I look back just uh, uh, the last game against Dallas. They were down 10 in the third quarter. They've almost let a few games really get out of hand. And we see, look, we've seen Atlanta. We've seen the Bulls. We've seen top teams in the East. Or not really. Atlanta's not a top team in the East right now. But we've seen the Celtics, the Bulls, all drop games, uh, drop multiple games by 20-plus. And, and that's letting a game get out of hand and and not being able to recover the Hornets have been in several of those situations this season, and and you know only only one or two have they really have they really let get out of hand. So I, I think and you know one of them was against Detroit, who they'll get a chance at revenge tonight or excuse me Wednesday night. Yeah, and of course that was the four games in five nights, and we've been over that enough. The other one was probably the Grizzlies game, which got out of hand for some reason, and they did get revenge in the in the turnaround game with that team. So maybe the same thing will happen with Detroit. And I've been most surprised by the poor free throw shooting. Yeah. Because it was such an asset to this team and such a big part of their offense getting to the free throw line. Uh, You know, we sort of heard some inklings that they didn't want to get to the free throw line as much because it was sort of a crutch that they leaned on last season. But they've been doing it just as much this season, but their efficiency has not been there. You know, we've seen uh, nights of under 70% being regular. Uh, Luckily, uh, against Dallas, they get 26 of 28 from the line, they need more of that. Well, because, what's surprising? I mean, think about it. They scored 109 points last night, and their offense didn't look stellar the entire night. So, just if they can hit their free throws, this is like this could be a really, really good offense. 
Well, what's surprising is the guys that are bringing that average yeah. down, right? Because I think MKG is up. Mm-hmm. He's certainly he, he's got to be up. Um, so yeah, it's like Batum. It's normal guys. Kemba even has missed some. Bellinelli started to miss some after he didn't miss any for like the first week of the season. So yeah, hopefully you can get that corrected because they've lost games because of that. Clifford's called that out. Unfortunately, Justin, we've talked about. It. There's not much you can do other than just go up there and hit the shots at the bare minimum. As an NBA player, you should be able to do two things. Make a layup and shoot free throws. <laughs> well, I, if, if you can do nothing else, and the fact that they're struggling from the free throw line, it's, those are things that I don't even, those are things you don't even equate because you just assume that they're going to be solid at that. And the fact that you have to talk about free throw shooting, that, yeah, that has to and be that's why you hope that it will rebound. I mean, look at Kemba. He's 77% from the free throw line after 85% last year and that's and that's and that's after jumping every other statistic every up other going one. getting better with every other shooting statistic so you have to hope that the free throws will follow suit right i mean but it it is it's a different animal i mean especially in some of these closed games right you you lose focus you lose concentration i think that's the thing that clifford keeps talking about is the concentration piece and so that can leak over into the free throws and I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like they can get a correct? I feel like they can get a correct, Doug, because they, they well, weren't step, like this yeah, last year. I mean, step one was last night, and I think you know, I think they're addressing it. I, I think you have to because again, there, there's not you know, really the only debilitating free throw shooter this team has is Ramon Sessions, and mm-hmm. that's not a, it's not like a team like Atlanta that they've seen their free throw percentage go through the basement because they have Dwight Howard. So you, you know, it, it's just something you can't have. I'm going to go to to the. Uh, chat room here and get a few of the answers for most surprising biggest surprise for c small is kimba's improvement and how he's learned how to carry a game so that's from c small there uh let's see zeller's play has been a surprising bright spot says walker keith 82 never thought i would appreciate a good screen as much as i do now a lot of talk about cody zeller's screen assist ability and and really how much uh, it's been a factor in, in yeah. a lot of people's success. I mean, you've seen him work it with Batum, but he's also helped open some things up from Kimball Walker. And a lot of that comes from the fact that he's added a lot of strength. Yeah, I thought he got a couple of chippies last night, too, in Dallas. I don't know what you felt about the officials' calls last night, fellas, when you were watching that. I, it was a little choppy for me. I mean, he got a late one. I think he got two. When's the last time Cody gets two illegal screens, you know, after all this talk. I've seen it often. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens every once in a while, and you'll see one of those, like, in every NBA game. But I was surprised he got those two. All right, least surprising thing, David. Least surprising thing to me is Steve Clifford. Steady Eddie, you know what I mean? Steady I mean, as she goes. Yeah. Cliff-a-liff-a-ding-dong. Cliff-a-liff-a-ding-dong. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Um but I expected him to be even keel, and he has been. He's carried so many of those themes that we've seen him uh, talk about from day one last year to this year. Now the bad news is they're still there. You know this consistency thing, this playing hard forty eight minutes every night. But but his themes are consistent. I mean they know what yeah. they need to get from, or the players know what he's asking of them, and he's been steady the whole time. And again, it's it's so important on a team that doesn't have a superstar right. that doesn't have that guiding force on the court, you know, the, and I think to the, after the Minnesota breakdown, I, mean, I expected Ooh. Clifford to come out there and just really let everyone have it. I was hoping he was. And he did talk about physicality. And then the, the, the important thing is though, he stayed calm. He stayed collective. He was honest and, and deli- he delivers messages to his team before he delivers them to the media 
He's always open and honest with players, and that's what we hear time after time from guys. And you see, you saw them against Dallas respond to the message. That's been the most important thing. They respond to the message. They get the free throw shooting figured out. They were much more physical against Dallas. And so, again, message translation, probably, in my mind, one of the most important things for a coach to do, and he's doing it, Justin. He is. You know, Clifford, he's... I just marvel at the guy. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Like sometimes you're gonna be all right. He does, but he he finds a way. All right, least surprising thing, Justin. Least. Sadly, I gave that in the first one, but I'll go back. <laughs> but and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna go back and actually like listen to the uh, com- the Kimba Walker conversation uh-huh. with Mark Stein. And I say Kimba because um, and he's having this great year. Mark Stein asked him, like, "Did you do anything different?" Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, I was injured, so I couldn't do much. I watched film, but it wasn't any different. Like every summer, I approached the summer the same way. I come in and get better and get better. And we always talk about him, but people ask Clifford these questions all the time. And he says, there's nothing that I'm going to tell you that nobody knows. He yeah. just shows up and he literally puts in the work. I can't say that he worked with this guy or he did this. He just shows up to the gym. And he works and even said this summer was harder because he was injured and he couldn't do much but watch film. And he went in there and I remember like the first preseason game you saw and you're like, he hasn't played in a while and and he's still sharp. And to see him now shooting from distance and, and carrying his team when God knows if he wasn't out there, I don't know what would go on sometimes. And it's just least surprising because I just know day in and day out, Kimba's going to show up. Yeah, late, in work. yeah, and late games especially, Kimba's been huge. And, you know, we talked about in the offseason that you look back at last season – so many guys made a leap. Marvin made a huge leap, which was crazy because of how late in his career he is. Kimba made a leap. Uh, Nick Batum played really well. And and so the conversation sort of, sort of started to shift towards, well, how are they going to follow that up? How can you, you know, what, what what's this team? And I think a lot of people who sort of put this team down a few pegs in the offseason thought that very thought. But we've seen Kimba make another leap. We've seen Cody Zeller raise his game. He's getting he's getting career high numbers. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, if if he, you know now that he's on the floor, he could start to make that jump as well. So there are opportunities, even if Marvin continues to regress, there are opportunities for this team. There's room to grow. Marco Bellinelli again, another guy. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you know there's plenty of opportunity for this team to make a leap still. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that surprises me about Kimba, I didn't think he'd have a regression. I didn't know he had the ability to make another leap just as significant as he did the year before. I mean, being sixth year in the league, you just don't see that. I mean, you usually see it maybe, you know, third year when guys get their legs. But this is his sixth year in the in the league, and I think that's what's surprising a lot of people outside of Charlotte or outside of the Hornets organization. Like I said, effective field goal percentage, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, two-point, everything's up. Do Except you know for what those this free throws, reminds me of. Do you remember when LeBron was in Cleveland and he couldn't shoot? No, oh, early. And he first, showed up first, and he yeah. showed up to South Beach that year. He was nuts. He was hitting threes. Yeah, and God knows he could never shoot. And I think that's how it is with Kimba. It's like you know, those guys are going to get better and better. Well, that's why it's even more surprising. LeBron obviously didn't go to college, right? So he's mm-hmm. been his first four years in the NBA. Kimba was in college. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, he's he's had so many. Well, had, well, he never really was a great shooter at UConn. Now, right, he could score, but he but you typically shoot. don't see these guys come in, mm-hmm. continue to get better, and then they make not one jump but two. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm with you. I wasn't surprised that he was able to do it again. I think the the level that he's playing at this year is uh, 
is pleasantly surprising hey, can as well. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. You may. Now, when guys make these these leaps, does it not make you question other guys like, okay, he couldn't do this before. He went in and literally practiced this all summer. Now he can do it. Do you ever look at other guys and be like, well, we clearly see what comes from results. Now, some guys just aren't going to be better at certain things. Like, Dwight's never going to have a jump shot. But, you know, for, like, other guys that you look at in question, they couldn't tighten up their ball handling here. Or they couldn't tighten up their shooting here. Or just little things of their game. Well, Guys th- that have been in the league a while. I don't know. Like, Frank, I think I wouldn't look at him and say things like that because I think and, – and Daniel makes a good comment here. Frank's poor range shooting has been surprising. Mm-hmm. It's, not as, it's not as surprising to me because – I mean, I see him. He's one of the first guys out there practicing his three-pointers before a game, and I'm sure the same goes for practice. But, you know, he's also – he's trying to, like, really wrap his head around – you know, to become a versatile player, you've got to wrap your head around so many different things that I can see his range shooting come back all of a sudden and then him not being able to finish inside. Like, it's going to take, I think, a- another year or two for him to really round his game out and decide – you know exactly what his focuses are. Uh, so I think from that perspective, you know, I, I think even guys can give it all they have and still not make a leap one particular year because of a variety of things, injuries or or trying to focus on one thing and another part of their game breakdown. And I think stability too, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in this specific situation. Look, yeah. Kemba has been with Clifford now for what, three years? Yeah. He's been with this infrastructure now going on three or four years. They bring in Nick Batum. They've built around him. I mean, they have built, they've added pieces around him. They brought in Nick Batum to be another creator. They had Lynn in last year to be a creator. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times guys and a lot of That's times such or, a great point. organizations will give up on younger guys, especially Especially point guards, right? If it doesn't happen right away, and so I think that's that's a big deal when it comes. To, I mean, a lot of it's situational. And I think. it's well, and it's an argument against trying to go out there and getting getting like a mid level type of free agent to shake things up because it's going to disrupt that continuity. But having you know Kimba, Nick, MKG, Zeller, it, it's sort of an argument against or an argument for bringing Zeller back is that you want to develop that continuity because it allows players to make leaps because they don't have to worry about you know getting accustomed to playing with a certain guy they can just focus on their game okay it's time once again to get you ready for the week ahead of games and there are plenty of them because the hornets are playing every other night we've been doing recap previews uh every other day on on the show it's been I'm telling you, it's been exhausting for us, David. Uh, it's really, you know, I, you know, forget the players. Uh, it's been really exhausting for us. Yeah, these, these charter back-to-backs. flights. All right. <laughs> We're going to preview the week ahead the only way we know how, and that's showdown style. Welcome to the showdown with Calamity James. Here are the matchups to keep an eye on this week. On Sunday, Reggie Jackson returned to the court after seven months following procedure to treat tendonitis in his left knee. He had a solid showing in his return, scoring 18 points in 23 minutes, but still looked rusty at times and had three turnovers during the Pistons' 98-92 loss to the Magic. It remains to be seen how he might improve before playing the Hornets on Wednesday, but Kimball Walker will need to maintain his solid defense to make sure Jackson doesn't get too comfortable. On Friday, Biznack Biombo returns to Charlotte with the Orlando Magic, and I'm sure many fans will remember Biz for his days with the Bobcats. When in Charlotte, Biz was a fan favorite because of his high-energy play, ability to grab rebounds, and his enthusiastic blocks. However, he was not always the most coordinated player on the floor and did have a tendency to get into foul trouble. This season, he is averaging 8.3 rebounds per game, so Cody and Roy will have to work hard to keep him off the glass. 
The second half of the traveling back-to-back will put Hornets in Cleveland on Saturday night. This will be a tough task in many ways, including the fact that the Hornets are playing the best team in the East, so Coach Clifford will be looking to his bench players to not only produce, but lock down the scores coming off of Cleveland's bench. Last time the Hornets and the Cavs met up, Charlotte's bench was outscored 30-37, with Amon Shumpert putting up 15 and Channing Frye adding 20. If the Hornets have a chance at winning on Saturday, the bench must be ready to step up and buckle down. In the past week, Draymond Green has gone on a bit of a spree, kicking James Harden in the head and Marquise Chris in the hand. He has attempted to explain away previous transgressions by claiming that he cannot control his reactions. But it got so bad during last year's playoffs that the league implemented a new rule in the offseason and even gave him a bit of a side-eye, calling such transgressions unnatural acts. Green can play innocent, but I haven't seen anyone else high-step around the league and into various players' body parts with as much frequency. Furthermore, if Green continues to impersonate Bruce Lee, it may not be he who receives a finer suspension, but rather an opposing player sticking up for his teammates. Only time will tell. This has been the showdown with Calamity James. You can follow me on Twitter at Calamity underscore James, and I will see you all next week. We got a gun, Lydia. Thanks again there to Calamity James. She's going to be on every week helping us get previewed and ready for the week ahead. And she's talking about somebody fighting somebody. If he doesn't stop, if Draymond doesn't stop this kicking thing, it's gotten crazy at this point. It doesn't even matter. Right. It's like, uh, if you can't control it, you, you gotta, <laughs> you just gotta keep the legs down. But I will say this, mm-hmm. the flexibility is impressive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's doing yoga. He but crossed the line last week, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not really benefiting. It, I, no, it's, it's, just, ama- it's amazing to me that, that no action has been taken. I, I just can't believe it. After we saw what we saw, in the playoffs, you're going to suspend them from a finals game, but then you're not going to have any then follow up action in the in the regular season. Just absurd. You know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to uh, put some paws on Draymond. What? That's yes. That's, that's what. Going that's to what happen. Calamity James was uh, was sort of alluding to there. That okay, let's talk happen. about this Pistons game coming up tomorrow night. Mouthman fifteen on the chat wants to know what do the Hornets need to do to beat the Pistons? The Pistons will have the services of Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, their star point guard, who they did not have in that blowout victory that they got over the Hornets last week. The Hornets, here's some news for you. The Hornets will have the services of Marvin Williams, who looks like he will be set to return, listed as probable. And it looks like, according to Rick Bennell from the, uh, from the Charlotte Observer, looks like it's all go for Marvin Williams. May not get the full starters minutes, but he'll be able to play. So, guys, what do you think? What's your what's your one key to the game against the Pistons, David? I think continue what you did last night on the boards and that physicality. You're not going to beat this Pistons team if you come out and play a game where you're not physical and where you're not, uh, yeah. you know, banging up. Maybe getting Marvin back will help that. But I thought you saw the beginning of that last night in Dallas. So you have to keep that up and 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 try and win that rebounding battle. I think that's going to be big. The rebounding that that'll definitely be something to watch. Tobias Harris can't torch anybody like he did last time, and I would he definitely... always. By the way, Tobias Harris, even in his time in Orlando, I don't know if you remember this, Kurt, but he always torches the Hornets. Tobias Harris tortures hey, the Hornets. He looks forward to Charlotte. And another thing, weird, is late down the stretch. I would say probably the last five minutes, winning time. Some people refer to it as crunch time. There can't be any mental lapses on the defensive end. Well, and I think three-pointers, right, is where you're looking at that, where you're seeing that last night. Gave up 28 three-point attempts to Detroit last time around. Gave up, what, 36 last night in Dallas? 
Um, you know, various factors play into that, but defensive three point or three point defense for this team has been a concern over the last two weeks or so. That's got to be something they're looking at. And certainly when you guys, when you have like Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, they are getting Reggie Jackson back. So they have some guys who can get hot. Tobias Harris can get out there and shoot, and Morris can. Too. I was going to say, don't forget about Marcus Morris. I watched uh, them play against the Orlando Magic the other night, and he was absolutely blazing hot from beyond the arc. They have. At least in the starting unit, they have they have shooters. Now, when they get when they start to break the lineup a little bit, then you're going to see their offense start start to contract more inside. But I think that for the starting unit, they have to be committed to guarding the three point shot. It, yeah. it has been a struggle for the Hornets all season. I think it's going to be a key to this game because I, I I think that Tobias, Marcus, all of these shooters that they have on that starting unit are going to look to score and score quickly and. And you know, for Kemba, I think you've you've got to make sure that that you hang with Reggie Jackson and and do everything you can. It's t- that the five one pick and roll that they have with with Drummond and Reggie Jackson is really tough to defend. But you got to keep Reggie Jackson out of the lane because that's where that's where those shots will come from. Is Reggie Jackson getting that penetration? So that's that's really that's the big hope. And then Mouthman uh, asking again, should Marvin start? Absolutely. I mean, you got to you got to start well. Marvin. Got to get his energy. I mentioned it on Twitter the other night. I don't care if he hits another three. I do care, but <laughs> but he need we need those energy plays on the boards on defense. Got to got to get Luke Keekley Thomas Davis of this of this defense back as as Clifford would point out. Yeah, remember Drummond got kicked out of that game early too. Only played twelve minutes in the last game for the Pistons in Charlotte, and they still lost the rebounding battle on the boards. So. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, you always wonder, you know, if he went out, if that mentally affected some of the Hornets' aggressiveness, just knowing that guy's not out oh, there. Oh, it definitely did. You know what I mean? Um, but he plans to be out there, I'm sure, the whole time. Unless he, was he the one? Yeah, his, oh, he, he elbowed in the back of the head, right? <laughs> I was trying to remember because it yeah, was Howard Well, we, Howard we would normally who, assume that it was Cody Zeller. <laughs> right. It was. But right. this time it Hibbert was Hibbert saved him. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so here's what I'm going to do because we've got some questions still on the YouTube chat, and uh, I want to get to those. So I'm going to skip the Adam uh, Modest interview, but I'm going to post the entire interview along with the entire Lee Ellis interview on the YouTube channel. So if you haven't, if you're listening on iTunes or if you're watching us right now and you haven't hit that little subscribe button on the YouTube channel, make sure you do because you're going to get alerts on when both of those full interviews chocked full of great NBA information you really want to take a listen. But right now, I want to get to uh, our next topic, which is All-Star rankings. It's not too early, folks, to talk about the All-Star game. Even though it's not going to be in Charlotte, even though it's going to be in New Orleans, even though they take everything that that we love and want, (laughs) it's okay. We're still going to talk about the game. We're going to start this off with a little game of lock or bubble. And I'm going to read some names off, guys, and I want you to tell me whether you think that these Eastern Conference guards are a lock to make the all-star roster at this point, or are they still on the bubble? First name, he made the, he's made the all-star game three years in a row, but he's playing for a team that right now is really struggling, and they've struggled the past two years, even though they've got a new coach in Scotty Brooks. I'm talking, of course, about Washington Wizards point guard, John Wall. David, lock or bubble? He's, neither, he's not making this game. I don't think. Wow. I mean, he's okay. not on the bubble, or he's certainly not a lock. I mean, they're they're not playing anywhere near well enough to have a representative in the All Star game. I mean, he is playing well. He's John Wall. He's got the name His recognition. Numbers are up this season. He's he's really 
That there's no way there is no way they're going to reward John Wall out there this year. I don't think. Justin uh, David said, even if you if you carry a broken pail, it's still a broken pail. What do you think, John Wall locker bubble? It hurts me to say this. I have to say bubble. Outside of Chris Paul, John, yeah. Outside Gosh. of outside of Chris Paul, John Wall is my favorite point guard, and he's balling. <laughs> but they're awful. Yeah, they're like, they suck. <laughs> and and John Tell Wall is my really think, man. John Wall is my guy, but I just don't see him. He's on the bubble this year. You guys are crazy. I, I'm not going to give an opinion on this, but his his field goal percentage is up. His his three point percentage is up. His general efficiency is up. But all right, uh, let's move to the well, next. Well, he's not getting voted in, right? So he's not going to get voted in. Well, no, see, that's tough. No. But, I mean, John Wall is not getting voted in to the All-Star game as a starter. Uh, I think that can be debated, though. <laughs> okay, go I, ahead. I, I do. I <laughs> think that okay, can be debate him. I mean, you think he's beating out uh, Kyrie Irving, DeRozan, Thomas, I mean, I've got another surprise guy that could maybe hurt Kemba's chances in voting, but I don't think John Wall's getting those two top votes. That would be the only way he gets in, in my opinion. Okay. You do have next, coaches. Ne- do you have coaches? Well, that's what I'm saying. The coaches oh, aren't going to put him in. Yeah. Well, right. no, I'm just saying the coaches aren't going to put him in, I don't think. All right, next name, and you got you and Lee Ellis talked about this guy, Dwayne Wade, locker bubble. And that's, Lock. Um, I think that's a bubble. I think he could be – well, look at it. If he may, He could get voted in, right? He could get voted in as a starter. And then if he doesn't, though, I mean, the competition in the East guards is like five or six guys he's for get maybe some, two look, slots. Look, he's, he's, he's a popular figure. He's playing right. in his hometown. His, his numbers are crazy. Twenty three. He's averaging 23.6 points per game right mm-hmm. now, which is nuts. That's higher than DeRozan. That's higher than Lowry. That's higher than Wall, Kemba, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he leads Wait, he's averaging 19 right now. 20, right? I can't even think the man could average 20 with those knees. But, but regardless, oh, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, he's playing fantastic, Sorry, yes. and the team is playing well. But I don't think he's playing uh, – I think if he gets voted in, that's going to take a spot from someone else. People love Dwayne Wade, though, man. Like, I, that's, that's the, okay, that's, that's what I'm saying. Part. If people love him and he gets the the vote, you know, you get two people yeah, voting about fans. Him, I'm actually very confident in saying a lot because people love him. They're All right, we're going to run through these quickly. Isaiah Thomas, locker bubble. Uh, he's in. I, I would think he's in. All right, Justin. Bubble. Kyle Lowry. Bubble. Bubble. And finally, we'll talk about this one. Kemba Walker. Locker bubble. I'm going lock. We'll see. It. So I think he's teetering on bubble territory just because of what we've talked about. I mean, in my mind, if you're talking about the votes, right, I would probably put Kyrie or DeRozan maybe. Okay, let's say mm-hmm. that. So then you got – Two guaranteed guard spots. Okay. Okay. So you got Isaiah, you got Kemba, you got Kyle Lowry, you got Dwayne Wade, you got John Wall. And we haven't mentioned this, guys, but Giannis, where do you put him? Forward. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? I hope. I'm not sure about anything. Because I'm looking at the guards. I'm looking at the guard stats on the NBA website, and he's sixth in Man, scoring. They can't put Giannis as a guard. And I'm telling you what, he is right at the P. Uh, he is on the. He, the the hype around him has only just begun. That's I mean, it's fair. about to take off. It's only just begun. And if you look at where the Bucks are, now he may be considered a forward, I guess, but what was all the talk coming in this? He's going to be point guard. Yeah. He's playing the point guard. He's a point guard. That's a good X factor. So that's something to watch out for. I think if Wade gets voted in, I think if Giannis is considered a point guard, I still think Kimba is doing well enough this year with the jump he's made, where the Hornets are, that, that he'll likely I get I think in. the coaches are putting Kimba in. Yeah, because Chuck here on the chat says Kimba bubble because the Hornets are not on TV enough. That's a good point, Chuck, but 
Right. A lot, I mean, of he's na- not, a lot of national attention still, though. Yeah, he's not getting voted in, though. That's the, that's the point. Kimba I mean. has been getting crazy hype on Twitter. Like NBA videos and videos being shared. But he's not, you're TV. right. He's not going to get the vote. It's going to go to, it's going to be coaches. Kyrie, Kyrie, most likely. And, and who else? I mean, that's what I'm saying. If Wade gets the vote. I think Wade. Yeah. I really do. They, I do think Wade's going to get. Wade's uh, going. <laughs> because not only you have the. I mean, last year it was Wade and, and Lowry, right? For that last and starter. He shouldn't I even think. have been there last year. That's what I'm saying. You've got yeah. hometown. You've got people who are, are sort of nostalgic, mm-hmm. who want to give them one last rodeo. No, totally. Wade's, Wade's and we didn't even mention Beal. I don't think that's a possibility. <laughs> I don't think Reggie Jackson obviously hadn't played enough. So I think that's what you're looking at. I, I do think they're going to find a place for Kemba. Um, but, I'm, I mean, I, I'm just saying, you know, the numbers are going slightly down just a little bit at this point. He's still fourth in the East in guard scoring. So I think he's made enough headway. But, but but you know, let's say the Hornets take a deep slide. I mean, that's not oh, going to help that. That'll kill him. You know, he's – um for the ESPN Hollinger stats – He's second in uh, PER for point guards in the East. That's pretty impressive. I was like, all right, young Kimba, I see you. Doug, do you have any takes on these hot takes we just laid uh, at your feet? Well, I, I, had, <laughs> I had the take that I think that – I don't think that John Wall is going to get any. Either. Okay. But Thank I think you. that's a shame because I think he's really played well Thank this you, season Doug. despite I – have, I have an affinity for players who play really well on teams that – are not performing well because you know we sort of That's witnessed our, that. <laughs> He's they're That's seven. Right in what our, are they? Seven and ten right now. It's right awful. in our wheelhouse. I mean, at this point in his career, too, you're like, well. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen for Wall in Washington? And we haven't mentioned this factor that's not really a factor, and we don't ever want to really talk about it, but it kind of is a factor, and that's the guy who almost made the All Star game and well, sort of no, giving I, him that. That's valid, especially him in that Kimba's bump. And I think that's Kimba. Yeah, I think that that's going to play in Kimba's favor as well, giving him his justice from last season. But you saw the then again. <laughs> I, I think I think there's justice in the world, and I, I thought there was going to be last season, but then you saw uh, the commissioner having to get involved because mm-hmm. you know players get injured and they don't play in the All Star game, and you have guys bow out, and then the commissioner steps in and puts guys oh. in. And I thought, okay, for sure, Kemba's going to get it, and then Pau Gasol gets put in, and then I was like, oh no, one more guy went down. I was like, oh okay, Kemba's going to get it, and then they put another forward. If in that it. happens this year, he's in. If there's an injury involved, I too think much Kimba, good guard play. There's so much good guard play in the Eastern yeah. Conference right now. Now Daniel asked us, Kemba in the three point contest. No, if it was in Charlotte, I would say why? yes. Why not? Why? Why not? No. Why not? He's shooting too well from beyond the arc at this point. Kimba Let's get Marco can, in there too. Kemba can shoot, but I don't know. Like three point shoot, it'd be fun. You know, to just see a Charlotte guy out there, but if uh, see, here's what they need to do, they need to make a new rule for Kemba. If this was again, if this was Charlotte, we could have gotten this through, I think. But they need to give him a screen. Like, let's get a screener in there, <laughs> yeah. and let him come around. The, then he could. Oh, he'd make him. Then. I'm not. I don't think he would win. I think if he's going to get in, this year would be a year. I mean, look at his averages. I mean, look at the point guard he's okay. playing and the pull up threes. Right, they're in Steph Curry neighborhood. So I have a hot take. <laughs> I mean, it's not real hot. It's kind of uh. warm. <laughs> D Wade's gonna get hurt. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's I mean, gonna happen. I think D Wade is gonna get hurt. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> no, watch out, D Wade. I think that opens it up. Now, I do like Dwayne Wade, but I just think you know his knees. And... You're you're a too good to be true guy. You're waiting for the other shoe yeah, to drop. I am. <laughs> that, that's actually what it is. She played really well <laughs> in Chicago. I'm just so so. I, I just don't yeah. understand what's going on in Chicago. Just being it doesn't a, make not, sense. Not, I don't believe you know. It. You don't have to shoot three pointers. Apparently, 
Uh, it's, it's it's crazy. I don't believe it. They're 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 turning the uh, they're turning the NBA upside down in Chicago. Rondo's tearing the locker room up too. Well, they, they, <laughs> they have that too. So again, well, you, that kind of goes to the point. It's sort of Rondo, you know, gets out of the way, and Wade's going to have more opportunities if that continues to be an issue. And um, and we haven't even mentioned Jimmy Butler. That well, would be he, he'll be a forward. He'll God. be a forward. Yeah. I forget. Because you got Wade and Willie, Rondo. we live in this crazy world where Giannis <laughs> yes. is a guard, and that's because Giannis you plays know, guard. You can't, Jimmy Butler doesn't getting, play in the backcourt. He doesn't getting start in the backcourt. Hey, here's the thing: Doc is getting upset. You can't just say that someone's a point guard and make them a point guard. Okay? Don't, don't tell that to Jason that. Kidd. You can't put you can't put cats in the oven and call them biscuits. Okay? It's just it's not a thing <laughs> that you can do. Okay? <laughs> Kurt knows what I'm talking. Kurt, have you heard about these cat biscuits? Come on, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I'm just saying Jimmy Butler is a forward because the two starting guards on his team are are are, are Rondo and Wade. Is Rondo a starting guard? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Maybe not in the next few weeks. <laughs> Keeps hacking up. I don't understand what makes that man so difficult. Like he no he can't get along with anybody. And he's sensitive. Hey, so we the should more re- I do this show, I understand. We- <laughs> I understand this not getting along with anyone. So, so we should revisit this, I guess, when the votes start coming out and we, we can will. look back towards talk, it. But we, yeah, a quarter of the way into the season, I think it makes sense because that's a big goal. Start <laughs> those is. biscuits, bro. Cat biscuits. You can't. You've never heard that. I have. I've heard a lot of sayings too. <laughs> I've heard a lot. So last so year, so last year, just just for the record, last year, Wade and Lowry were your starters. At the That's garbage. What I'm saying. Wade's Kyle not go from being a starter to dropping completely off in the fan vote. That just doesn't. That's not going to happen. Kyle Lowry was a product of having the All Star game in Toronto. Kyle Lowry well, there was could, a there was a big, yeah out. there was a big there was a big yeah I think Kyle Lowry could drop off. Oh yeah, um, he's dropping. And Wall was in the game too last year as well. So, John, oh, I hope he gets in some kind of way. That's my guy. It's been a fun show. I've really, had a I've had a, a really good time. Well, I always have a good time, but well, we had a really good time because people were chatting with us today. That's that, been the big thing. So keep keep doing that because we want to read these. There were there we know we didn't get to all of them, but uh, we'll read one last one. Adam saying Kim is going to be a fave of the ESPN insider type guys who get a lot of advanced stats love. That's true. Adam. That's true. Yeah. That's again that go. I think that goes to the coaching vote. It you know? does. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a big contender for that for that coach's vote. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Thanks so much for listening to this live, watching this live edition of Locked On Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you can get those daily updates. We we don't we just don't have time to play everything on this show. So you really need to subscribe to us on iTunes so you can get all of that action. Hornets talk every single weekday. And we want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments. Maybe we didn't get to yours on the chat. Email them to us, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. We'll address them through the week. For David, Doug, Justin, Calamity James, Kurt, Producer Katie, everyone involved in the show, thank you so much. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Pistons. Let's swarm Charlotte. Tax is a problem with society. I was gonna find somebody else to take the fall. Never just be you and me. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.